you're listening to On Our Terms, where we share our friend and founder journey and tell you how being labeled as non-traditional seems to be our superpower. We hope you enjoy the ride as much as we have. Oh my God. Can you even? Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning into On Our Terms. Today, we are talking about living with our parents, literal LOL, <laughs> um, which Mary and I both did at the ages of 39 and 30 during the pandemic and building Modium. Mary, take it away for the next step. Hello, Mary? You can't hear me? Hello? Mary? And this is the best part. No audio. I don't know if you can hear me. No, I can hear you. I can't, I can't hear anything. Literally nothing. Wait, I can hear you. Okay, so. No banner. You're listening to On Our Terms, where we share our friend and founder journey and tell you how being labeled as non-traditional seems to be our superpower. We hope you enjoy the ride as much as we have. Oh my God. Can you even? Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning into On Our Terms. Today, we're talking about living with our parents, which we both did at ages 29 and 30 during the pandemic and building Bodium. We've got an awesome conversation for you today. Very candid. Um, but just as a reminder, stick around for the last few minutes because we'll always do our run through a virtual hack we've learned and are using companies that we're huge fans of, what we're listening to and watching, and then a reflection on a current event. I so love let's it. get started. Let's talk on our terms. I'm realizing, okay, anyone who's listening in and then Mary, you were going to kick us off. We're also recording video and I just realized I didn't put my whole title on. doesn't matter. No one cares. But I, the fact that I'm so in my head about this means we're going to be talking about perfectionism and our childhood and what the hell it meant to be living back in our childhood homes, you know? Literally, literally moving home in our late 20s. Okay, so this topic needs no formal introduction um, because we like truly feel like we both earned our stripes and went through a true entrepreneur uh, rite of passage, living in our parents' not their basement, but basically living in their house, Yeah, starting our company, uh, not in their garage, but from their living rooms um, over Zoom. And um, it's it was wild. So I'll, I'll dive right in. Um, you know, kind of left off last week. If you listened in, if you haven't, go back and listen to our first episode yes. um, where Camille and I had, you know, really spent the first April to December building the concept of Vodium, um, launching it to market in August and finding that kind of product market fit all in super COVID times. But if we kind of back up, I alluded to the fact that um, on my 29th birthday, March 19th of 2020, 
day three of LA shutdown, I actually drove across the country and moved home. And the reason I did um, was because my, my parents are both entrepreneurs and my dad was at the time president of the Memphis Restaurant Association, mm-hmm. which I also mentioned last week. And um, we have a huge family catering business and barbecue business, Hog Wild Real Memphis Barbecue. If you're ever in Memphis, check us out. Um, but my dad called and literally said, like, I just laid off 25 people, all of my employees. And at that point, it was like, holy shit, like, this is real. And, you know, I had been away from home for so many years. And in fact, never lived with my dad and stepmom. I always lived with my mom and stepdad growing up. So I, I don't know what came over me, but I just had this overwhelming feeling of I'm supposed to be home right now to help my family. So my stepdad flew out. Um, we drove across the country in like three days, which is really fast. If you've ever driven on I-40 across America, uh, LA to Memphis. And I arrived at home uh, to a totally shut down city. Both of my parents' businesses shuttered, basically. Um, my stepmom has a hair business or had a hair business. And it was it was wild. It was really intense. But I quarantined with my parents for uh, nine months was there through kind of the ups and downs of, you know, my dad's business going under, applying for PP, PPE loan, PPE loans, PPP loans, whatever they were called. Um, he was on the news like twice a week trying to keep the restaurants afloat. And um, what did he use when he was appearing on those news shows? Podium. It was so cool. Podium. Uh, you know, was on the phone with uh, the governor here in Tennessee and other state leaders in hospitality Um, Because you may not know this, but hospitality is the second largest revenue driver for the state of Tennessee, only behind agriculture. So um, if you ever enjoyed a to-go margarita or drink at your favorite restaurant during the pandemic, you have my dad to thank for that. So that was one of his COVID claims to fame. Ernie. Ernie, Ernie, I'm. Uh, I, w- I wish you could see me laughing at Mary right now because, or whoever is listening or watching, when she gets in her like, oh, uh, journalistic mode, like we get to talk. She is so good that she drops little facts. She's like circling in her chair like she's an old pro newscaster, just waiting for her co-host to get her shit together. <laughs> I'm dying. I'm dying. Um, but. The reason why I say that is because you, I wish everyone just knew Mary's energy when she is set on something, she really just does it. So three days is really fast to drive from my mom and I, notifications, my bad. My mom and I also drove, I think in three, four days, but, um, yeah, Mary is just go, go, go. She's down for anything. She will be there in a heartbeat. And it's like the only thing that ever gets in your way is yourself, um, (laughs) Yeah, and no that's me. <laughs> and that's also with for better for worse. So Mary left off. Told you when you know she moved in with her parents, where we were with Vodium. So where we left off in the last episode, it was after the election. I had just broken up with my boyfriend, and I called my parents, and it was just around. Oh my god, it was just around Thanksgiving, and honestly, this was. was one of my favorite Thanksgivings because. The pandemic did so many things to so many people and it did affect my family in so many different ways. Like it did yours, but it, it affected my family in a way that was, and kind of, if you think about Ernie was like so pivotal for us to see our parents grow through also Huge. such a vulnerable time Huge. where my, me, myself was also going through a vulnerable time, but was adult enough that like there was, there was a lot more camaraderie and just like rawness. And so at the time after my 
breakup, I was still living in Los Angeles. I was living with my ex-boyfriend for like a few months, which was brutal. brutal. Gosh, we had two bedrooms, but my dad at the time was working in Denver. He had an awesome job with the University of Colorado higher education system. He had been at DePaul University for like 10, 15 years as their general counsel. He's such a badass, but okay. he's such a man who like he himself needed a boop. And so his boop was like, wait, I want to try something new. I have the best lawyers working on this team. And he didn't feel like he was challenged enough. So he got this job and then moved across to Denver. My parents were like, how, how funny. They were long distance for like uh, six months or so. And uh, my brother was at the time was in Detroit and my mom was just in Chicago by herself. And for her, if you knew my mom, she's a very spiritual tribal person. Like her family was spread all across the United States and she was distressed. But because my dad was in Denver, we all road trip to Denver. Like Jake came from Michigan. My mom came from Chicago. I came from LA and we got an awesome rental house and it was snowy in Denver. It was just like a it's amazing. Weed is legal there. And I was like, this is fucking awesome. But it was still a very raw moment with my family at that time, because God, if I look back of what we, what we were like, then we, we still had so much to learn from the pandemic. So that was a beautiful Thanksgiving. And then right after that, I was like, I, I'm, I have to move back home. Like I was like, yeah. I quit my job it just felt right with my parents. I loved being around them. I miss them. And I was just going to be living at home with my parents. And I mean, I did that up until the age of 18. They're some of my closest friends in a way, totally. but the reality is that I hadn't really lived with them since I was 18. And there's been so much change and moving in with my parents was such an easy decision at the time. I, I don't think I would have made that decision lightly if it was not pandemic terms. Totally. Go on. It was kind of like everyone was doing something crazy. Like so many people we knew our friends in DC were leaving DC, right? Like a lot of people were going back home. It just felt kind of like several months into the pandemic, like the wild, wild West. Like I, I had literally, I was driving the wild, wild West. Utah is beautiful. It's beautiful. That's where I went to college too. But I just think that like, you know, I, I really went through a phase of beating myself up because I made the transition earlier in March. And I thought for sure, I'll be back in LA by May, by June. And I remember just making the decision like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to stay with my parents for the end of the year. And that was hard. But as soon as I accepted it, it was awesome. So like, I think it was just easier to make that decision. Like there was no shame in living yeah. with your parents at age 29 during a pandemic. That shame is a huge piece. And I know so many other people feel that too. But, you know, another reason why I believe Mary and I are so close is we both come from very unique backgrounds and families, mm-hmm. as many people do, but we were the only daughters of very strong parents. And our parents worked their asses off to provide for their kids. And, you know, us millennials, you know, I come from an immigrant background. Mary comes from a Southern religious background to so many degrees, but also like very working class Southern. So th- there's a lot of similarities in the pride mm-hmm. that we grew up in and from our parents and how they instilled into us. It's not 
it's not their fault. It's the world's fault. It's like everyone's fault. But I, ever since a very young age was a crazy perfectionist and I'm starting to learn that now. And I've been so hard on myself. And I also, you know, my mom is from Mexico. My dad comes from very, very working class and he was the first to get a degree in his family. And they prided themselves in education and they provided education for me. And that was, wow, we can provide this for our children. This is, would have been a dream if we had this, right? So both of our parents were always working hard to give us better opportunities. And I think I was, I've been so hard on myself to achieve, make more money, grow, 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 grow nonstop. But I realized like in the pandemic, I wasn't happy in my job. Literally. It was, it's very therapeutic to come back home and say, Hey parents, I just quit my, I was getting paid really well for a 28 year old, 29 year old. And I quit my job and I was like, Hey, I know you raised me to always have stability, like never quit a job before you already, if always have a job lined up before you quit your current job, right? Like always work for someone else because it's going to be easier and you're going to make more income. And then for me to like, say, I just broke up with my boyfriend, mom, you have to drive me across country back home to live with y'all. Sure, She loved it. Yeah. No, she fucking loved it. And, um, I'm going to have no job. I'm, 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 I have a job I'm working on Vodium, but I'm not right. going for a year and I'm moving back in with my parents. Like no one, everyone was like, Okay, great. We can't wait. Which no, was shocking. And right. I was like, this is my biggest fear. Because like we, and we, our families are so similar ways. And I like, especially extended families, like Cammy and I both have really strong families, but like we both share this thing. We've just been, I mean, grinding since college, mm-hmm. honestly. And you know, that's, uh, everyone works hard. And, but like, I just think there's like a, there's like a drive and a hunger that we, whether it's healthy or not, have always had and still have, but Cammy mentioned a, a boop earlier, and I just want to say for our listeners, um, you know, if you've ever seen like a boop on the nose, that's what that refers to from the show Shrinking. Uh, yes, Apple TV. We're, we're so uh, smart marketing. Barbies be like SEO. Yes. We're gonna tag John Krasinski. We're gonna touch. Yeah, that's shrinking. not his name. No, um, I can't remember actor. the guy's name. Jason something. Anyway, mm-hmm. so there's a scene in it where they're all therapists, and like you just need a boop, like a you know, like whoop. What was that kind of thing? So I think that, you know, where I'm going and I kind of lost my train of thought, uh, moving you- back home was definitely a boop in terms of like, wait, like I can work on bullet booty and full time for you. And like, for me, it was like, wait, like at the time I was still deep in my consulting business, like this is working and I've got this side hustle and I'm getting to help my dad with his business. And it's been all this time with my extended family. Like this was awesome. Um, and also it booped me in a way of like, I never thought I would move back home to Tennessee. Like I was very much 18, like get me out of here. I'm gone. And you know, there's a lot of reasons why not. I won't unpack, but I moved to Utah. I moved to literally to Taiwan, the island off the coast of China to DC and to LA. I was like, I'm out. And then it brought me back home to Tennessee. So well, okay. So I'll, I'll sum it up in a way that I'm just going to say very yeah. reflective back to you because I know you so well, and I've seen you grow is moving back home to a father that you didn't really grow up with and who has his own business and who you literally, since the day I met you have always been like, I want to take over Hogwild. I want to help always. my dad with Hogwild. Right. So you needed this type of fulfillment or affirmation and 
your dad is a person who does not know how to ask for help at all. And is mm -hmm. like the hardest worker and maybe a man of like small emotional words, but like he feels so much. I just don't think he can really articulate himself yeah. well. So for you to be able to go home and be like, dad, I'm here to help. And like him be able to receive it to an extent. I mean, that was looking back, like that's beyond just in terms of your personal growth. That's a lot. <laughs> it was a lot. It was really beautiful. It was really healing. It wasn't always easy. I wish, I wish we'll have to have Ernie on Ernie and Jose or dad's on at some point, but uh, yeah, it, it wasn't easy, but like my dad needed help and I was able to do like a lot of marketing for him and help him figure out how to just transition a, a large small business catering business to, I mean, the largest in the mid South to literally like home deliveries. Like we were delivering food to people's houses. And then from that came when, you know, the world kind of opened up again a year later, a lunch spot and like a deli that we've opened, which is awesome. Hog Wild East. If you're in Memphis, check it out. I'm popping Yates, but <laughs> promo uh, code dropping. Yeah, literally. No, you know, tell them you your friends with Mary Maller and um they'll hook you up. Gene <laughs> will hook you up. But it was amazing. And it, you know, I think this is a nice transition into like we have some, some prompts, like what, what do we love about the pandemic? What was hard? What I loved about living at home was just getting all of that time and getting to see my, my dad and my stepmom who owned a very successful hairstyling business in a salon at one point, like navigate and save their businesses. Like it was, it was amazing. And it was just so cool because we never lived together. I'd go once a month to visit them and spend the summer there, but we like got to bond as adults. Right. And of course my parents were very involved in my life and like, we're very close, but like living with them is totally different. And so to do that at 29 was just, it was really sweet. Um, and just to get so much time with them after not having all that time growing up was, it was just special. It was cool. Even though the circumstances were really hard. Circumstances were so hard. I, okay. So <laughs> when I moved back home, you know, my mom, we, okay. So my dad book booked us. Thank you, dad. Love you. Business class tickets to LA to go pack up everything in two days. And then my mom and I were going to drive back to Chicago. And then, so once I got back to Chicago, I think I was there before the holidays, right before. Yeah. And then, you know, the holiday started and then it was like, time to go back to Vodium. And I'm like, what am I going to do with my life? Like what? This is so bizarre. Like I had no bosses down my throat. Like I was free to a huge extent. So I remember waking up one of the first mornings and it was still snowy outside. And it was, I grew up in this house that I was in since I was in seventh grade. And, you know, my dad was in the corner of his, of our kitchen dining table, like working. And my mom is in the kitchen, like getting coffee ready. And it was like, so fucking healing. Yeah. Um, but then we were watching like MSNBC and then January 6th happened. I was like, wait, what is happening in this world? So Sometimes. it's so funny that, um, the, the year living with my parents while, you know, I was now full-time Bodium, you were still juggling two things. It was pretty it's like I needed that year. It was pretty healing. Yeah. So that first year really, okay. So we launched our beta in 2020 and then we really like uh, 2021 presented itself as like, Oh, we're taking this a little bit more seriously now. Mm -hmm. God, in the beginning of that, I was really, really happy. Like I was like my hibernation 
like young, younger self was like, kind of felt safe from everything. I didn't have pressures to date. I didn't have pressures to go out. I didn't have pressures to get drunk with people. I like literally could be myself, which was like, honestly, I'd rather just like chill and smoke and eat and hang out and be with my parents on the couch. And it, it just allowed for that. Um, which was so pivotal to how I now am trying to adjust to being in Chicago now close to home 31 and the pressures of society now. So I felt like another thing that I want to touch on and before I dive, I want to dive in. I want to know your thoughts, but like you mentioned that you, you saw your parents in a different light. Like mm-hmm. I saw my parents in a different light. My dad is a very, like my, both of my parents are very high achieving. They've created a beautiful like life for themselves because they supported each other and my dad's career. And now my, you know, my dad is president of Valparaiso university. And Maybe so it's... he got that job in March of 2021. So I moved to Valparaiso on a college campus while living at home. And so that was also a funny thing, but there was no, no one on campus at the time. It was still very high pandemic. It was, you know, Midwest Lake Michigan winter. It's really brutal. And that was also cathartic, like being on a slow, slow campus, um, having no one around being able to just like be still. I know I'm talking on a tyrant, but when I no tyrant, tyrant, tyrant. Oh my God. We're so close. (laughs) Can't make sense their words up. Sometimes it's so cute. I do. It's like, there's so many goddamn words. Some of them all sound the same. So tyrant, tirade, whatever, same thing. So as long as you know what I mean, you know, um, I just looking back, there were so many times in 2021. And I say this before 2022, because honestly, for me, 2022 got a lot more stressful and I was a lot more negative and it was harder, but 2021 moving back home with my parents, slowing down, having an excuse to literally not be with anyone. That was the change to my life. I think that was when I was really still, I wasn't able to be still with my ex-boyfriend or with him in like not a healthy, unhappy relationship. It wasn't, it was healthy, but not in a happy relationship. And I was so sad and alone. And, but so 2021 was really beautiful. And I felt like maybe we needed that time before 2022 because 2022 was rough. (laughs) It was was really rough. Yeah. 2021 was great. And Gosh, we got a shout out to Valpo. Cammy's parents live on this, this huge house on campus in Valparaiso, Indiana. And I've gotten to spend a lot of time there. And it's just like a special place and house. Like it's just feels so happy and warm and cozy. And Hilda, Cammy's mom is amazing. And obviously the Prez, Hosea's, but it, it's, it's just been cool to have that home base. And there's so much space in that house that we've, I mean, we built a lot of Odium in Valpo. We did. We did. We did. Yeah. Um, what was hard? Oh, okay. eh, we've kind of talked about what's hard. Like it's hard to move back home when you're in your thirties. Cause like you're particular about your own things. Your parents are particular. You're kind of like re getting to know them a little bit, living with them. What was the hardest part for you about living with your parents? Uh, well, I think the hardest part 
And this is something that I've been reflecting on is, you know, I mentioned perfectionism earlier and I was listening to Melissa Woods podcast and she was talking about perfectionism and how from a young age, people would comment on her looks and how she was. And, and I've always, people have commented on how I look and just being like a girl to a woman, girls are much, so many people like to say and comment about how we look. And for me in particular, I had like, I just remembered from such a young age, especially from the culture I come from, my looks were always something talked about. My mom never, no one ever, my parents never shamed me for my looks, but my mom really did protect me with my looks as well. Mm -hmm. So I was always just wanting to show up a certain way and be a certain someone. And the pandemic moving back home and getting into therapy and really having time to work on myself, I was realizing how much of myself I was doing for others mm. and that I wasn't proud of my achievements. And, you know, I'm, I'm like, I want more, I want more. I'm like, what if I'm, what if Odium's not successful? And it's like, well, what's successful to you? And so the hardest part is when I come to see my parents and when I come to see, you know, where they are today and in my dad's in dad's career, Still, I sometimes hear my dad say like, you know, talk negatively about himself or be hard on himself. Mm. And I was like, damn. So still at your age, there are times where you, it's hard for you to relax because, or, you know, take life on with some type of optimism because he's in a very stressful job, but, and he feels like the whole institution is on his shoulders. I mean, quite right. literally it, it kind of is, but still, he's still so hard on himself. And I'm like, oh my God. So I don't want to be 99 on my deathbed being like, Hammy, why didn't you do this? You it was like a mirror for you. you. You and your dad are so similar. So here's the funny thing. I, I've worked for my dad's like, yeah, affirmation for so, so long. Same with my, both of my parents, but because my dad is like, I mean, he raised me to be as mini me, I think without knowing, or I just took mm -hmm. that on. And so, you know, it's been, it was really healthy living back with him because when I left my parents at 18 and then left Chicago at 23, I was like, I'm going to be my own person. Yeah. But now as I'm in my early thirties, like it's really important though, and very healthy to have self-reflection of like, wait, but where, who were you raised with? What environment were you in? Because it's inevitable that you are going to be or mirror something or have those similar traits because totally. that's something we heard and digested all the time. And it was like, what the fuck? Like, I love my parents so, so much. I love them so much, but like older generations are so hard on themselves. And I, so I, I just, I don't want to be that way. So that was like the hardest thing. And it's still a battle that I have with myself. Yeah. Just like, I, I want to, I was, how can you like in this very capitalist high driven society, like what is success? What is happiness? What is the norm? What is the balance? And I'm so actually happy for the pandemic because I hope it's taught a lot of people to figure out like, where's their self-worth rooted in. Um, That's beautiful. That helped. That was the hardest part. That was the hardest part. And I'm still working on it and still struggling. Yeah. yeah. That's a beautiful reflection. It's funny. I was going to say a similar thing. Like, I think the hardest part for me was the mirror that I saw in my dad mm. because he was an entrepreneur trying to 
Savis business. And at the time I'm launching a new business and trying to save my consulting business or, you know, keep it stable. And I just, I, you know, my dad is just a stress. He's like the jolliest, happiest person you would meet. Never met a stranger, like unofficial mayor of Memphis has a million friends, but like he is so stressed all the time. He had a heart attack at 39. I moved back in with my parents last summer for six weeks, five weeks, because my dad had 39. Yeah. He had open heart surgery, almost died from a heart attack last father's day. That was another really hard thing, but seeing how stressed he was Mm. and seeing like, I mean, for anyone in hospitality, like, or an impacted industry in COVID, like COVID was the hardest time had to be in any of those business owners' lives. Like, and having to watch that stress and see it impact him. And at the same time, knowing I'm going deeper into entrepreneurship and I'd always dreamt of following in his footsteps, but here I am looking at how it's like physically affecting my dad and I'm starting to feel the stress and like, you know, the proverbial monkey on your back that you can never get off once you mm-hmm. start a business. And it was hard, um, just hard to, see, to see that and to know that that's what I'm, I'm stepping into. And I, you know, I think my dad has come out on the other side. Okay. Like he did almost have another heart attack last summer, but like, it's just, you know, it's a lot of responsibility and a lot of weight on your shoulders. And it was certainly for him at the time. And certainly, you know, I, I think we both feel stressed. You and I now, like we were responsible for people's livelihoods. Like that's, there's a lot of weight to that and we don't take it lightly. So no, we don't take it lightly, but you know, I think, okay. So reflecting back, it seemed like it was important for both of us and very healing like that the pandemic and Vodium and taking that on, like that was such an integral piece to like be in that time in our lives to then being put back into a place where we're like, this is going to test a lot of what, what's imprinted in us, like assumptions, characteristics that maybe don't like serve us anymore. Yeah. And, you know, another thing that you have done so beautifully with your dad and parents and I'm trying to do with my parents is like be a lot more vulnerable with them and just tell them exactly how I'm feeling. It's not easy for me because I've always kind of put on a show with my family and it's not their Mm -hmm. fault, but it's when I'm happy, I feel like then everyone's going to be happy or when no one's happy, like it it will be better if I'm happy. And it's a, it's a, it's a shtick. It's an act. It's, it's a consuming. And I was just like, I do not fucking need this anymore. Yeah, totally. Um, But I just want to commend you for being so freaking badass. And, you know, I I know that this is supposedly uh, the harder route, but one thing with entrepreneurship, and I believe this is what my parents believed because, you know, my mom from an immigrant background, they're born entrepreneurs. Like when they go to different circumstances or go to different countries, like the only shot they're going to get are the ones that they can provide for themselves. Right. So, you know, there were so much stigma around what it means to be your own boss. But to me, when I was unhappy with my old bosses and how they were treating me, I'm like, so what's the fucking solution to my happiness then? And, you know, what we have found and what we had found in 2022, which we'll get into um, in another episode is it's like 2021 moving back in with our parents was everything we needed before the shit was about to hit the fan in 2022. Yeah. Um, 
to be like, Hey, like, look, I am capable to build a business or right. I am capable to build a business more on my terms. And mm -hmm. maybe I, obviously I need to really go into opening up a business, knowing how grueling it is and know that learning from my dad that I want to have, I want to try to help a ha have a healthier approach to it if it's possible. Yeah. Like, and, and with my dad, like, oh my God, I'm going to be my worst enemy in this, but I see my dad constantly fighting and fighting to get to the top. But I'm like, I think the top is just having my own ownership over myself. And what if I'm, what if I don't like working for other people? What if I'm not, what if it doesn't mesh well? I just, it were, it was all the questions of what it meant to build a livelihood for myself. And maybe for you, that was so needed before. So needed. Yeah. 2022. Yeah. We'll get there. Entrepreneurship okay. is uh, not for the faint of heart. Ladies so, and gents. Okay. So uh, we lived with our parents. It was a great year. It was a hard year. So many things, but I was more, I was a, a bit happier than in a little naive to what was going to come with building a business. So I think one of the biggest parts though, that kind of brings everything together and talking mm -hmm. with my dad about Pareso, Mary visiting all the time, us being family, going back and forth to see each other is when Mary and I um, launched our beta, we had already raised, had we raised 250 yet? No, 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 no. Okay, so can you recall mm -hmm. 2021, how we got that 250? 2020. 2020. So we, mm -hmm. Yeah, we closed in January of 21. So we launched in August of August 25th, 2020. Like we told you guys last week, um, you know, immediately had paying customers on the product. And then I'll never forget, I was in Virginia at a wine test tasting with our friend Meg, like two glasses of wine. Oh. And Tammy is frantically calling me. And they're like doing the whole like wine tasting thing. Like it's really rude to step out. She's like, call me right now. So I step out and she's like, the products crash for all of our users. And <laughs> oh we're like, well, fuck. So that Sunday night, that was like a Friday, we made the decision to shut everything down. And we had already had this call with these angel investors out of Michigan and Texas. Yeah. And so we knew that this was like raising was a possibility, but we, we knew nothing about this to be clear. And anyway, that was no early November by, I don't know, the week before Christmas, we had closed a deal with John, our investor for a $250,000 seed deal, um, which was awesome. And so I think that money at the bank in January, we signed the agreement and we had a business partner suddenly and we're able to hire a new development team to rebuild our product and really give us a shot at, at taking oh, this to market. My God. Thank God I asked this. This is so hard. Yeah. I think it's, I think everyone should start their, at least their own podcast. So then they can listen back to themselves and remember what the hell happened in their lives. So that's perfect. Okay. So Mary was already living at home, right? It was 2020. She moved home in yeah. March 2020, like literally on her birthday. And so then I started to move home in December of 2020. We passed and time. Yeah, we did. Well, I've learned from you in so many ways. Like we've talked about in episode one, it's where like, I feel like so our paths are so aligned. And I, in so many ways, if I look of how like uptight I am about how I come across to people, you moving home, what gave me permission to be like, oh, yeah, right. how awesome. Like I have a safe place to go to after this breakup, I have a safe place to go 
um, home and like I, I have a safe place to go back to and just feel safe and feel like I can just rebuild mm. again. Yeah. Right. And you gave me that potential That's and that sweet. hope. So when we launched our beta in late August, 2020, Mary was at home. I was still in LA and then the app crashed November. early November. So it had to have been right after the election. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. It was right after the election. And it was like second weekend in November. Mary's a really great problem solver. Both she and I are really great problem solvers, but she's really good at, you know, this is what we have to do, like all the systems. And I'm really good at like yeah. getting that shit done. And so that, she's wait, like, and that's, that's really important. Like, I, I think we should do a whole episode on this because, and we will actually, it's on our thing, but like the way our brains work together like, cause Camille and I have like similar backgrounds and, you know, marketing-esque, we're both leaders, we're both driven, like we're both on top of our shit, but like, we do have di- different skill sets that complement each other really well. So I'm like, all right, here, I know what we need to do. Here's what we're going to do, but I could never get it done. And Cammy's like, all right, done. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to call this, blah, 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 and like sets it into motion. And that's, yes. that's amazing. So if you're starting a business, find someone who compliments, who compliments you. you on, on getting it done. Because that's really all that matters is getting it done. But now I'm going into another topic. So Mary was like, Mary was like, oh, no, this is what we're going to do. We're just going to email all of our customers, people, the New York Times members of Congress saying hello. Um, She was like, you know, from her experience being in tech already, like it was such a sign for her to be like, this is what we're going to do. We're going to save. That was our beta. We were testing it out. And with all this social proof, we just have to shut down and really concentrate on asking ourselves what's next and can we, can we build this? And she so eloquently said, distribute, email these people, update them. There's nothing, nothing we should be ashamed of because immediately I was like, I felt so much shame. I was like, what the fuck? Like what? This is so embarrassing. This is crazy. Meanwhile, we have no idea what we're building. Like we just, this was so intimidating to us. Um, we had a contractor at the time who like wasn't full time. We thought, at the time, you just need to build an application and it's like one and done. It's never going to break or there isn't thing, there aren't things that you have to maintain we and upkeep. so much. And we learned by baptism fri- by fire. I'm sorry. I was yeah. never going to go to business school and be like, this is how you build a tech app. No, I'd rather dive in, like absolutely go out of my mind and then have the thickest layer of skin and be like, I've learned from experience. This is my experience. Yes. And so we did that and Mary was like, I think this is like, I think we fundraise. I think we like have, we need more money. Mary and I had already put 10,000 of our own money each. So Mm 20,000 together in, which may not be a lot lot of people for like 20s. Like, hello. It was a lot of money. I fucking invested 10,000. If I had 10, if I had that $10,000 in my bank account right now. I'd be really happy. (laughs) Nope. I was like, I've saved so much. Here, we're going to put $10,000 in uh, each. And we were like, we can't keep on doing that though. So I forget how we got to be like, we need a fundraise because I'm not, I was never, I didn't know that world. I know campaigns, you have to fundraise for money. So it's not that much different, but like, well, who told me about it? I mentioned her on the last time, but I I don't know how I thought of this, but I was like, I think we got to raise some money. (laughs) And then we met with Jean Rollo. Jean Rollo? Your mom's friend. The, the mom that my mom walked with and was like, I yeah. think she's an investor. 
and turns out she's like a badass CEO. We love Jean. And Jean introduced us to some, some angel investors, including her and her husband. And they just talked to us and like went through, we put a pitch together for them. And that we'll have to share that early pitch deck. It was hilarious. But um, yeah, we did. And it wasn't right. And then in came John and the rest is history. Okay. And then came John and mm-hmm. he gave us $250,000. Yeah. So even though, you know, I'm no longer being paid by an employer. I have taken Bodium full-time. Mary is still, you were full-time in two jobs, right? Like you're not two full-time, time, right? You're two full-time mm-hmm. jobs. And I have all my clients and Bodium. <laughs> and so now we had $250,000 to manage. So I remember I was in my childhood bedroom trying to set up my hybrid workspace. And with that $250,000, like we really stepped it up a notch in terms of our operations, our accounting, our finances, our P&L. This is where it was so lucky, Cami, that you would run all the accounting and billing for your old firm because you knew how to manage it. Like, I'm, I, I would not even know where to start, but you had us like, here's our operating budget. Here's what we're doing. I'm like, great. Like, I don't even think I had access to the bank account for the first year. No, I still don't think you should. I I still don't think you know our password. You know what I mean? Like, do I? (laughs) You don't need to. You don't need to. It was just. I'm like, we'll be fine. It was just this past month, three and a half years in, and it was just this past month where I I let our bank account go to zero, and I was like, we've got declined. I was like, oh, but. But we didn't run out of money. The we didn't run out of money, to, but no, we just get our money in installments. We need to pump a little bit more into any uh, potential acquirer or investor out there. Uh, we actually have done a fucking amazing job at running our finances and have amazing bankers and daily accountants and tax accountants. And yeah, it was a great job. It was this year where we're like, shit, we have money. So Mary and I knew that like, okay, we're not, we're the experts in doing what's best for our baby Vodium. But mm-hmm. if you're ever building a business, you are never the expert, right? Like you have to go never. out, bring people in. And so, you know, we, we came from parents who've built such careers for themselves who are like, you need a lawyer, get yourself a tax accountant, do this, do this. So we were starting to get really buttoned up and realize that there are stuff that we just can't manage. And if we're going to build this company and especially as females at the time, mm-hmm. well, no, we're still technically females, but females at the time during the pandemic, like, and learning from our, our employers and wanting to be taken seriously or learning from our past employees. I'm, we were like, we're going to take this shit seriously. We're going to be buttoned oh, up. Yeah. We'll ask who our lawyers are. We're going to be like, yeah, right. We didn't, we felt already that we knew we weren't going to be taken seriously. And so we, the beginning of 2021 was really trying to get our operations in order. And a big part of that was even development. And Mary, if you want to talk about how 2021 and living with our parents, we were, it was the first year we started to really put our technical hats on, which was super cool, but that was a really hard new experience. It was really hard. And I don't want to give everything away because next week, tune in, this is a plug. We're going to talk about how we assembled the squad and like how we've hired literally for every facet of the business um, across the last three and a half years. But so, you know, I mentioned on the last episode, I, Cammie moved in with her parents January of 2021. I actually moved to Nashville. That's when I met my fiance, Gary, and then lived with my 21 year old little sister. Shout out to Elise, which was an absolute cutest townhouse in Green Hills. But um, anyway, so like we're building this company and we find these amazing developers out of the UK randomly 
who come in and Rusty and Mark at Opalescent, shout out to them who were introduced by our good friend, James McKenna. And they just came in and were like, they got it. And they rebuilt our product for us and built a really great website for us. And, you know, but I think we launched that in April of 21. Yeah. And that was kind of like our, I would say April to April. So a full year in, we launched our actual first product um, with alongside the website. And that was really cool. And um, then we were able to really start like putting some marketing dollars behind it and, and finding traction. Yeah. So Opalescent launched our official product, like no more beta. They set up systems, you know, to yeah. our knowledge, this was a really digestible consumer application accessible on Mac and PCs. And, but it, they were so chill and we still, you know, we didn't have a lot of pressure from outside people to really test our, our app and, you know, I say that because what you will learn in the near future on future episodes is we have like some amazing clients and customers and they have very intense computer systems and firewall systems. And so when we were building Vodium, we were still on the mind track that we're like, let's just keep on learning about who needs this product. Mm -hmm. Like the $250,000 is awesome, but we have to be super realistic about what that money can give us. And there's a lot of people when building a startup that will tell you, put it immediately in marketing and just spend, spend, spend. But that was for me, for someone who's managed multi-million, like big, 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 big budgets and have worked with campaigns who work two years at a time, just making sure that they have enough money. I was a lot more conservative and how we were going to approach this. And Mary also yeah. was like, yeah, we have to just see, like, let's get more research. You come from a product marketing background yeah. and you really taught me that, okay, we, we have an app, but now we have to do research about who is our clientele? Who are the users? Who are the markets that are going to be receptive to what this? Is, yeah. What are the pain points for solving for them? What are we, I mean, we did a whole job speed on analysis. We did a challenger sale framework. I mean, we took it really seriously. Yeah. We weren't like, we're going to build an app so we can get rich. And whoever thinks that is crazy. We were like, whoa, we're a little bit more serious now. We just fundraised. People like our app. We're getting customers. Yeah. We just have this cool development team out of the UK. Like we're startup entrepreneurs now. I quit my job. This is cool. So, but from the political background and from your background, we just had this gut feeling where we're like, we got to have something to tell people that we aren't making this shit up. Right. No, literally. Right. And you know, what's interesting is the other thing we did in addition to the research and talk, I mean, we talked to every customer that would take a call with us. Oh my every God. User, 2021 in my parent, in my, in my family, like house in the office. Yeah. And like our customers were, it was everyone from the CEO of one of the largest nonprofits in the world to like a teacher in Texas doing like e-learning with her third graders to like consultants, to yoga instructors who were doing virtual zoom classes. Like it was wild. But the cool thing was, is that we saw traction. Like our user base grew every week. People were paying for our product. Like our revenue started slowing, slowly going up. And by the end of 21, we 
literally had our first profitable month. Our first we month. literally we broke even. We were in the black. We broke even by like $80 or something insane. Oh but my oh. to be clear, that was that's a huge accomplishment, Bernie. I'm so proud of us. Like unabashedly, that is such a big deal, especially when you're spending to grow to, to break even. And then I think that's a nice place to stop the story because that was great. And then we ended up having to fundraise again and and now we're, you know, are operating like more of a traditional tech company where we're we're having to spend a lot to hopefully make a lot someday. So and so towards the end of 2021, which we'll get to in the next episode, we we both were at Valparaiso because my dad was getting inaugurated as the president of Valparaiso University. So Mary was there for the whole week celebrating with my family because she is our family. And that was when we had to tell our investor, John, that we were fundraising again and we were looking mm-hmm. for 1.5 to $3 million because Mary is such a beautiful numbers person. And she was, and with my operating mind, she, Mary told us this is where we need to go. And I go, okay, well, realistically, I think to get there, that's this is amount the yeah. amount of money we need. And looking back now, the fact that we wanted 3 million and we got 1.5, which we'll get to later, I'm just reflecting out loud, bitch, for 1.5, having capital with just a few, like having runway for a few more months. We, we do awesome. This was exactly the right, this was, was going to happen. Now we got to. Yeah. I'm really proud of us. Yeah. We've raised total almost, and I, we've never said this publicly, but here we are. We're open books now. Uh, 1.85 million and it's lasted us four years. So I think that's amazing. I mean, if you think about what most tech companies raise, like we've been very conservative, but yeah, we called John to tell him that we were, I mean, gearing up to go talk to angel investors and VCs and call our banker in New York city. And we're going to do the West coast thing. And he goes, no, I'll write the check. And we were shocked. So we had a really easy raising story because it happened over a 15 minute phone call. But, (laughs) you know, I think that is indicative of how amazing John is as a business partner. Um, And, you know, his wife is so supportive as well, Lala, but um, just if you find the right angel investor that believes in you and it challenges you in the right ways, like we've been so, so lucky. I love that. And yeah. then for the next episode, this will, will refresh on where we left off calling John, because even though it was 15 minutes, it was such a special call, mm-hmm. um, that enters us into 2022 and assembling the squad. And I will say 2022 was like the worst fucking year of building Bodium. I, I uh, of my life. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm serious. Buckle up, y'all. Next week's going to be crazy. It was a wild year. And I say that in 2022 is the year I got engaged. In December, mind you. Things had finally been good by last December. I'm but like, oh. Until then, it was truly... It was hard. Professionally. I mean... We just kept on learning. It was another year to learn just because you fundraise and get more money doesn't mean that it gets easier. It means that, okay, now there's more pressure to figure out what's your lane. So what's our lane? We'll tell you next time. But Mary, if you're good with wrapping up this, let's wrap it up. I think we need to get an hour long podcast again. Like I think we may. Well, comes easy. Mary and I were like, this is just going to be 30 minutes. And like our, our, our talking sessions, our kiki in is only going to be 20, 20, 20 minutes in what world? We have a lot to say. We do. I, I, to wrap this up before we jump into the run through shout out to our parents, Ernie and Lynn, Jose and Hilda for 
taking us in with open arms, letting us live with you uh, during the first two years of the pandemic. You guys are the bomb. And I miss those days sometimes. Like I had so much fun with my stepmom, Len. We would just like watch movies. My dad and I would have a cocktail at five every day. Like it, there were some good times too. Oh, wait. All that, like I loved, I loved being home. I loved being home. Yeah. Um, both of our families are huge food families. So we, we were well fed. <laughs> cooking, drinking, everything. Okay, All Mary. Okay. All right. So it's the run through. Um, where, as a reminder, we talk about virtual hacks, current events, what we're listening to, reading, watching, and who we would love to sponsor this podcast one day. So, mm-hmm. um, hack one. Um, and honestly, Cammy, you take this one because I'm having some technical issues today. She was having technical issues. And I want to, for building, starting and scaling a company all over video, the technical systems that we have set up are just like super overwhelming. And there is a sense of like fright when it comes to things not working well. And it feels like the end of the world to us lately. But I will say coming from a production background, that I love working remotely. I like working on video. You can make fun of yourself. You can feel cool. And what I mean by that is you can feel cool by getting a mic. If you're watching this, you see that Mary and I have a mic. How cute. Just got it on Amazon. Bezos, you are literally going to take over the world one day with Amazon. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So I, I mean, I've that's got, our news of the day, hot take. Yeah, hot take, hot take, hot take. But I mean, Jeff they're in Bezos. healthcare now. They're literally in healthcare. Like it's, they, they're, they're, yeah. Well, Amazon, if you also want to be like, you know, the best virtual people ever, hit us. So you, you get a mic. This has a stand. This was under a hundred bucks. It makes you feel a little bit more credible. I went to school for broadcast journalism, so I think a mic is really cool and fun. It's a good prop. It's a good prop, and it makes a conversation point, and it makes you remember that, oh, we're on video. So this can be a production. This can be something that, like, just go with the flow. It's a show. It's live. You're doing it live. We're doing it live, baby. So when something happens. Anyone get that reference? (laughs) If only we could insert a GIF right now. I mean, I wish. That's Bill O'Reilly. If you haven't seen that, go look it up on YouTube. It's absolutely hilarious. hilarious. I'm just saying. Who's in, uh, I think subconsciously we were influenced on the mic by our good friend, Nick Davies at Avanade, who has an amazing setup and mic. Yeah. And a podcast. And every time Nick shows up, every time Nick shows up, he looks like he knows what the hell he's doing. Okay. A mic makes you feel like, you know what the hell you're doing. So get yourself a mic. Okay. 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 Um, what are we listening to and or watching? I have been obsessed this season with the sex in the city spinoff on max. Uh, and just like that season finale was a few weeks ago. I loved it. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of um, commentary on the writing and how it's a little cringy, but I think it's really cool to see women portrayed in their 50s and 60s. Yes. Complex characters and also characters like you want to be. I'm literally obsessed with Lisa on the show. So Lisa's anyway, cool. I, if you ever loved Sex and City, I think watch it. Uh, it's worth a watch. And the, the fashion, of course, is fabulous. Well, Yeah. And, you know, some people will look back at the old Sex and the City and say that's cringy because think about what kind of sex jokes or relationship jokes there were and what we've learned now. Like, And just like that, the spinoff is trying to appease young people 
and their generation, it's a hard thing to do. So anyone, everyone who comments is like, okay, you write it then. I dare you to. Do you know how hard that must literally, be? Literally. Literally. Okay, what I'm watching is Hard Knocks. HBO hard Max. Time. New York Jets, baby. Aaron Rodgers, baby. I love documentaries. I love docu-series. I'm not like the biggest NFL fan, but I'm a big Aaron Rodgers fan. He's just mysterious to me. He's going through this like weird spiritual thing now. I'm like, you're 39. Did he used to play for the Jets? Oh, no, no. He like Green Bay was his home. And then I don't know what happened because I'm not that into sports. Wait, he's at the Jets now? He's now at the Jets. And this is wow. his first this season. And so Hard Knocks was like, we have to. This is such a huge big deal. Like Hard Knocks is literally getting hard over this. They are like, we have Aaron Rodgers. Um, and it, I think it's just up, it's upping their appeal. It's That's a cool. Season. There's so many good football documentaries on right now. I also was just watching the Urban Meyer, Tim Tebow documentary on Netflix. Don't remember what it's called. Very good. Very good. But look it up. Very inspiring. Okay. So Mary, it's cool. ironic, but you're going to close us off with our dream sponsor today. Are y'all open about it? <laughs> okay. So part of uh, our 2022 stories, I got diagnosed with severe ADHD. I know ADHD is a very on vogue trending topic right now, but I'm here to tell you it's really hard to have actual diagnosed ADHD and I'm medicated for it. But, um, part of that is I have a very hard time with the details. And so Asana, our dream sponsor come sponsor us helps keep me on task. And, um, I'm not always the best about using it. I really prefer an old school spreadsheet, but Taylor, director of marketing and Cami are really getting me on it. I have the desktop app. I put my tasks in, when I'm done with my tasks, a little unicorn flies across the screen. It's very cute, but it's an amazing project management tool. I know there are a ton out there, but we've tried a few and nothing has stuck more for me than Asana. So shout out to Asana out to a sponsor of our podcast. And it's so funny for anyone who like we're 31, 32, and it was even hard for us to get. Oh, Mary. I'm sorry. This is ADHD. I'm like, it's been sitting here for an hour and I'm now I'm playing with my AirPods. What a nuisance. We got to wrap it up. Um, I will say really quickly, shout out to Taylor. It's hard to adopt new things at no matter what age you are. So anyone who's like, I hate adopting new technology, you got to do it and it will take time. And once I actually allowed myself to be open to Asana. I was like, shit, this is really well-crafted. So thank you, Asana. So on that end, thank you so much for listening to On Our Terms. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share our journey on LinkedIn or wherever you are involved in social media and subscribe to our newsletter so you never miss an episode. Visit volume.com on our terms. Actually, volume.com slash slash on our terms check out our swag we've got swag on the website uh there's a swag that you don't see there that you want us to create uh, we'll create it for you i mean are we not doing everything we're doing it all we're doing it all uh any feedback is welcomed if you've got a topic you want us to cover dm us text us email us uh post a comment on linkedin and we'll we'll cover it and thank you to that one follower thanks mom for listening <laughs> okay bye parents, parents. All right, I bye. Love you. Bye. You too. Bye.